Welcome to the Sacred Dance. This podcast will aid you in finding balance in a polarizing reality. I'm your host, Annette Maria, purpose and feminine liberation coach, intuitive facilitator of healing, and channel. Exploring topics of spirituality, sexuality, healing, and the energetics behind it all. We are going deep into all that we experience on this human ride. All is welcome and nothing is off limits. You will experience conscious conversations with leading experts in the healing arts and channeled insights from me. It's time for life to feel like a sacred dance. Are you ready? Hello everyone, welcome to the Sacred Dance. Today I'm here with Chloe Scarlett and she is a Justice Holistic Reproductive Health Practitioner and a Certified Fertility Awareness Educator. And today we are talking all about the cervix and I'm so excited to dive into this portal that is our cervix. Um, So welcome Chloe to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm always super excited to talk about the cervix. Absolutely, so yeah. Let's just open up the conversation and share a little bit about, you know, who you are and what you do in a, a you know, an overframe and then we'll dive deeper. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I am a, like you mentioned, a fertility awareness educator, and I teach the Justice method of fertility awareness management and a fertility awareness practice for those who are just introduced to this term is the daily practice of being aware of the signs of your fertility. So those three signs are cervical mucus, basal body temperature, and cervical position. So I've been practicing this for myself as a form of birth control and body literacy um, and as a window into my overall health for over 10 years now. And I've been teaching it so that others can do the same for about five. And I love to play with um, the practice and with the signs and so it's been one of my passion projects um, these last couple of years to be hosting the cervix portrait parties. So these were originally in-person parties and now I do them online um, where I get a group of people together who all have cervixes and we talk about the wonders of the cervix. We talk about how to have healthy cervixes and then we take photos of our cervixes. So uh, yeah, I mean, I love talking about myself. I'm gonna stop there. <laughs> That's amazing. And that's actually how we met was through one of your cervix portrait parties. And that's why I had to bring you on because when I saw my cervix, I fell in love with myself so much more. And I also, it's like on my desktop. So whenever I need to remind myself of my personal power, I look down and I'm like, oh, there she is. We good. Um, so I, that's why we're here today. Right. So Let's talk a little bit about these cervix portrait parties and what kind of sparked the inspiration to bring these into the world. Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, it all started with an STI test. So when I travel, of course, this is the pre-pandemic time, but often when I would travel, I would come back home and the first uh, date, if you would, with my best friend would be to go get to our um, STI checks. So it was just something that we'd like done with each other. So we were, I had just come back home from living abroad um, all over Southeast Asia and Mexico. And yeah, I met her there in the STI clinic as per usual. And while I was in the clinic, I was telling the nurse, she'd had the speculum in, right? She was doing her checks. And 
I was telling her I was a fertility awareness educator and you know how much I love cervical mucus and the cervix. And she asks me, well, have you ever seen your cervix? And I thought, what a strange thing. Like I talk about the cervix all day, every day. You know, I pay attention to my cervical mucus. I check my cervical position on a daily basis. And, you know, I had had doctors and partners, you know, see and interact with my cervix and I had never seen it. So she held up a hand mirror for me and I saw it for the very first time, this cute pink wet little donut. And I cried. I was so touched and moved by seeing my own cervix and I wanted other people to have that experience. So it just so happened that one of my clients at the time was working at a clinic that they had access to speculums. So I was telling her all about my experience and she said, oh, hey, if you want, I'll get you, I'll get you some. So she gave me five speculums, I think it was. And so I kept one for myself. And then I went on Instagram and I asked who wants to see their cervix. And I found four other people and we held the very first cervix portrait party. And it was funny because I, I had never done it myself. Right. And so if I'm going to be guiding and facilitating other people to do this, I thought, well, I better practice at least once. So I took my speculum and I went to my mom's house. <laughs> I had my mom help me take my photo. It's incredible that now I do them online and people take their photos by themselves. Because when I started this, I thought, you know, how impossible. Like you've been there. You have to maneuver the yeah. <laughs> and the hand mirror and the camera. Um, and so I had my mom help me take the photo and I'll never forget. She shines that flashlight in and she sees the cervix with the little Oz, right? The little opening. And she looks at me and says, that's where the baby comes from. <laughs> yeah, mom. It's, it's just, it was, yeah, it was cool. It was cool to have that experience with her. So my very first photo was actually taken for me by my mom. Wow, that's really beautiful. And also, mm -hmm. it's interesting. That's kind of what sparked my excitement about it after was women, right, give birth from that space, but then they don't know what it looks like, right? I'm not a mom yet. And, you know, but it's just like, that's that the place of birthing humans. And most of those who have birthed a human don't know where they are actually coming from. And that was mind blowing to me. So, you know, why, why are we so deeply touched? Do you think by our cervix or seeing those like inner depths of ourselves? You know, you cried when you first saw it. Mm -hmm. I was just like awestruck and empowered. Like, what do you feel like is the, mm -hmm. the energy behind that? I call the cervix the portal of life and death because that's what it is, right? I mean, we have, we experience many deaths through our cervix on a monthly basis when we menstruate. It's also where we have to go in order to, you know, have a DNC or if we, you know, have an abortion or if we have a miscarriage, you know, this, this passes through our cervix. Um, this is also a little portal of life because this is, of course, where babies come from. I feel like it's also um, um, something really beautiful. I wish I could say this verbatim, but like when we are in the womb, like we sit on the throne of the cervix, like we have that deep connection, even as ourselves, you know, as, you know, babies in the womb, we're connecting with that cervix. It's also has a direct connection with the brain, with the vagus nerve. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's a whole thing about like cervical orgasms, but just how touching and even witnesing your cervix. I mean, it, it has like a full body effect, especially if anyone's ever experienced a cervical orgasm, they know what I'm talking about. 
yeah. right? But orgasm is one way, right? I think that even just w- looking at it and witnessing it and witnessing that, you know, you mentioned when you need a, a refill of your power, you look at the cervix and you know, the very first photo of the black hole that was taken by a woman, might I add, looks exactly like the cervix. Mm. So it is this place of, you know, of mystery. It is shrouded in mystery. It's a super vulnerable place of our body, but I think it's also the most powerful. And after being ignored for so long, you know, whether it's through a cervix portrait party, whether it's through a gynecological exam or through your own even just touch of the cervical position to be reunited with that power, I think is really special. Yeah, absolutely. So how can someone connect to their cervix if they don't even know like where it is, you know, Mm -hmm. um, before, even if they, before they even dive into a portrait party or whatever, you know, how, how do they know where it is, how to find it? Oh, well, okay. So if you, I'm going to go on my knees, the cervix is the lower portion of your uterus. So let's find your uterus. If you take your belly button and you put your thumbs together at your belly button and you put your fingers down on your abdomen and you take your pinky and your ring finger and you press down, that's most likely where you'll find your ovaries. And then your pointer and your middle finger, if you press down there, that's where you'll find your uterus. So here's your uterus and the, u- the cervix is the neck of the uterus. It's the lower portion of the uterus. So I think even by placing your hands in that position, mm-hmm. you know, in some silence and some meditation, some intentional thought and sensation is a way you can connect with your cervix. And that's where it starts. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, the deeper dive. And then you said it's like, the, it's like, it feels like a little button, right? It's that little button inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned that the cervix moves, right? So let's dive into more of like things that, women or individuals who have cervixes, right. Don't know about their own or their own cervix. Like when I found out it moves, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, no way. Um, so like, tell us like some, like three, three, three to four things that, you know, we may not know even about our own body. Okay. Oh my goodness. Just three or however many. So we'll, we'll start with that one then. So the cervix moves, the cervix moves throughout your cycle because of the ovarian hormones, estrogen and progesterone. So those change throughout your cycle and those hormones are actually changing your uterus, like the position of your uterus. So think of a balloon. So you have the balloon, that would be the uterus and then the little tie, that would be the cervix. So when the full balloon tilts and changes cause it changes position throughout your cycle that changes the cervix as well. So it changes in position. It also changes in openness. So that little Oz we're talking about, um, it'll open or it'll close and the texture also changes. So sometimes it feels hard, like the tip of your nose or soft, like your lips. Another really cool thing about the cervix is it has a few nicknames. So sometimes I call it nature's gate, which I took from the Justice College International where I studied, but I also sometimes lovingly refer to it as the hotel de la sperm because that is exactly what it is. It is a hotel full of a swim up bar, you know, a um, continental breakfast, like everything they need for sperm to live for five days. So sperm, as long as cervical mucus is visible at the vulva and the 
ovarian hormone estrogen levels are high and are opening the cervix, sperm can swim up into the cervix and stay there for three to five days, waiting for ovulation to occur. Then when the egg leaves the ovary, which is ovulation, there's something really fancy happens. There's a biochemical messenger sent from the egg, which is like a phone call from like the hotel concierge. She's here. <laughs> and then the sperm all go to, um, yeah, to, to witness her and see her and possibly be the chance to be chosen to fertilize her. So that's another cool thing about the cervix. What else? Um, it's open, it's closed. It is our, and it, it makes cervical mucus. Yeah. So cervical mucus, it makes, again, under the influence of estrogen and progesterone, it makes, it's a cervical mucus making machine. So sometimes it's making mucus that forms a plug. So under the influence of progesterone, I love alliteration, P for progesterone, P for plug, the progesterone forms a plug that closes the gate and we can't see anything at the vulva or on our toilet paper. And when this happens, the vagina is very acidic and it's actually a sperm killing state. But then under the influence of estrogen, as we get closer and closer to ovulation and estrogen rises and rises, the cervix starts to make estrogenic cervical mucus or E-type cervical mucus that opens the cervix and releases the mucus, which is like a red carpet going out of the vagina. And it changes the vagina to a more alkaline sperm friendly state. It um, weeds out defective sperm. So did you have a bouncer hanging out in that hotel too? Uh, did you know that sperm come with their own condoms? So cervical mucus actually removes these films in a process called capacitation to even prepare the sperm to fertilize the egg. And it's even handing out nutrients. Like I always think of a marathon, you know, when people are running a marathon and you have the people on the sideline, like passing you water and granola bar and like, you can do it. That's our mucus. That's our E-type estrogenic mucus. And that comes from the cervix. So another way to get in touch with your cervix is to pay attention to your cervical mucus. Mm. Yeah, those are all so interesting. I love your um, your visuals that you're giving, right? And it's interesting how this also just plays into more energetic ways as well. But I just love the visuals that you just gave us there because that really helps us understand, you know, what is happening in that space and how the cervix is working and also the egg and the sperm and all the the beauty that create life and how that works. So the Hotel Della Sperm is amazing. <laughs> like a trademark in itself right there. Um, yeah. Um, so I'm seeing a children's book, literally like a little like children's book to explain like how this all works. I don't know how that feels for you. but mm, That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, when we're speaking of fertility and I know that you say, do you say that all mucus is fertile? Is that, that's something that you, you say, or is. Yes. You... That's something that's super important. I find that, um, like, even when I say the word fertility or that I'm a fertility awareness educator, people are like, oh my goodness, don't, don't say that upward around me. I don't want to get pregnant. And I feel like traditionally people do talk about fertility awareness when they're trying to conceive. Right. And so when someone is trying to conceive, especially if they are um, having some issues or they're, they're not conceiving, then we'll start talking about saving the intercourse for days where you see peak type cervical mucus. Um, that's mucus that's either clear, stretchy, or lubricative, 
meaning when you wipe, you kind of have that slippy feeling. So because this is my own, I'm not sure if this is true, this is my own experience, but I think because a lot of this uh, information kind of started there, I see this trickle throughout our communities and still to this day that, you know, the only mucus that's fertile is this mucus that looks like raw egg white. Mm. And again, when you're trying to conceive, um, yeah, it's important to look for that mucus. And again, if you're having, you know, infertility issues to wait for those days. But I feel like there's been a really cool shift where more people are starting to appreciate their fertility, not only for conception, but also for birth control, for a natural birth control where they can, you know, rely on their um, biomarkers like cervical mucus to avoid pregnancy without hormonal birth control and to understand their overall health and well-being. So that's not okay to say that only peak type mucus is fertile now. And so I'm always seeing like these stretchy, clear pictures of mucus and that's, you know, it's all mucus is fertile. So when you're trying to avoid pregnancy and you see that sticky, cloudy, pasty stuff that just opened your fertile window, you know, as long as it's within five days of your ovulation, you can get pregnant on that day. Mm. But the thing is we can't confirm ovulation or we can't predict ovulation um, until it's over. Why we know that ovulation happened once we once we've confirmed it. So we can't say, oh, I, I'm well, you know, well far away from my ovulation. This mucus is nothing. No, you know, we can't, you can't think that way. So it's really important. All cervical mucus is fertile, whether, and this is important to me, whether you are trying to conceive, trying to avoid, um, or trying to access information about your health and yourself through your cervical mucus patterns to know this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And thank you for adding that in there. I didn't want to say it incorrectly. Um, and I was like, I know that this is something that's important for her. So I wanted to add this in there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so how do we, you know, when you say, I know that ovulation, we know after I use, you know, the, the basal thermometer and it tells me days after I'm like, okay, great. Um, but what do we do during that time frame? you know, where we're wondering, am I ovulating? Am I not, you know, if we're preventing pregnancy, um, how do we, how do we do that? Mm -hmm. So it starts by incorporating a, a daily fertility awareness practice. So like I mentioned earlier, the three signs of fertility are cervical mucus, basal body temperature and cervical position. So it starts with cervical mucus it starts by paying attention to your cervical mucus because cervical mucus alone can it tell you when you've opened your window and when you've exited it. Hmm. And especially now in, you know, this day and age where we have people, you know, experiencing, you know, discontinuing hormonal birth control use, or, you know, maybe having some underlying endocrine issues or experiencing long irregular cycles, you don't want to be relying on predictive or, you know, apps or rhythm, fancy rhythm method um, technology to be telling you when you're fertile, right? That's like, for example, taking a period app and just inputting when you get your period in the phone and having the phone guess when you're fertile or taking your temperature, you know, every day with a little, you know, robot and having that calculate when you'll get your, uh, when you'll be fertile. Instead, you rely on daily observations of your cervical mucus on your toilet paper. And it's really simple. When you see cervical mucus, you're fertile. And when you don't, you're not. Now, there's a couple more guidelines and rules that someone would learn, like, for example, the count of three and, you know, pre-ovulatory versus post-ovulatory dry days. So if anyone's curious about learning the fertility awareness method for a birth control, 
um, I would really recommend working with an instructor, but it really can be as simple as that. Yeah. yeah that's and then if you want to start confirming ovulation, then you add your temperature. Got it. And then cervical position again is another confirming sign because we know that it changes throughout your cycle. So by simply inserting your finger and feeling that little grape with a dimple on it each evening, paying attention to the position, the opening and the texture will give you an idea of where you are in your cycle as your cervix changes. Mm, that's so beautiful. And that's, you know, it's interesting that correlation, right? It's bringing that trust back into the body, right? Mm. To that you can develop that awareness. And that's even why I started hormonal birth control, you know, way back when, you know, because I was like, oh no, I need to do this because this is the only way to prevent pregnancy. You know, I just, that's the only way. How do I trust my body? And then even when I got off, it took me months and months to actually get off because I was so scared of trusting my body, you know, mm -hmm. like I was like, what does that mean? And then how you were just saying to just like input into a phone and then let it guess and then just be disconnected from that space and that awareness of the daily shifts and changes. Dropping into that daily awareness allows us to drop into reclaiming our body and our like sovereignty within our, our health and all of it. So you know, we talked a lot about, you know, the cervix and like the, the beautiful juiciness behind it, but like, how does it help connecting to yourself in this way in other areas of your life? Like how have you for yourself or for your clients have felt that like transformation in other realms of your life? Mm, I'm really glad that you said that because I feel like we can get really uh, focused on like the birth control or the conception and that just continues to propagate this idea that our fertility, you know, is only useful for, you know, ba making babies or trying not to make babies and trying to like dupe it or whatever that word is, you know, but um, our fertility, which the cervix is a huge part in is important for who we are as a person, our personality, what we love, how we show up in the world, what we create what we do. And it's also super important about your health. So, you know, people, like many people are on hormonal birth control, not because of contraception, but to regulate painful periods or irregular cycles. Right. And so if you're going to just mask those symptoms with the pill, that doesn't help you get to the root cause of what might actually be going on. So connecting with your cervix in a fertility awareness practice, whether it's through cervical mucus alone or cervical mucus and cervical position, can give you access to all of these things. Mm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And what just came in, you know, is when you are in that fertile state, do you feel that your creativity is also more amplified, right? Because fertility, you know, we think of it of, of babies or however, but, or avoiding babies, but it's also fertility of ideas, right? Mm -hmm. Of planting the seeds and like letting things grow. And, you know, there's more that it can be. So have you witnessed that correlation of when you start to understand your own cycles within yourself, your own rhythm, where you're at in the day, do you also then better understand, you know, your creativity and, you know, how you flow as a cyclical being throughout the month? hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. And I love that you, that you brought that up, right? That the, it, we are the, the ultimate creators as people with cycles and with wombs. We create human beings, right? But what's even cooler is that this energy, this creative energy that we possess, it doesn't have to be in creating a human being. It can be in creating a business, a book, a poem, 
you know, a painting, whatever, right? And so being able to like harness that and know that that exists for you. I have this one friend, I uh, co-host a fertility awareness charting circle once a month. It's usually in person here in Edmonton, Canada, but because of the pandemic, we've been doing it online. Um, but I'll never forget at one of these fertility awareness charting circles. I know she won't mind me sharing. I have a friend who said, sometimes I'll just have this urge to like make a baby. Like I really want a baby and then I'll paint and it'll go away. Mm. And it's just, it was such a good reminder that like this creative energy is like the potential for it. And so, yeah, absolutely for myself, I feel the changes throughout my phases you know, like menstruation is for me, like the anti-burnout phase. Like I'm, it's for me, it's, I, I'm going to rest, you know, I'm going to be horizontal for like the next <laughs> three to five days. Right. And then springtime, the follicular phase comes. And, you know, for me, this is a time for to-do lists and to like brain dump, you know, a bullet journal. And I write down all of the ideas, all of the Instagram posts I want to make, all of the videos I want to do, all of the, you know, things I want to achieve or accomplish, whether it's in my personal life or my business life. And then like that ovulatory phase is really like my action phase. So, you know, like I get stuff done mm -hmm. and then in my luteal phase, now I'm harvesting like what, you know, what I, what I planted, you know, and how I took care of myself or, you know, what did I do? And, you know, what are the actions the reactions of this? And it's also my time to start preparing for my hibernation. That is, you know, the menstruation in the winter time again, but you know, that's just me, right? Like that's, my red print, if you will. But the beauty of a fertility awareness practice, connecting to the signs of your body, to the phase of your cycle, this is an invitation for you to discover how do you change? And it's Alexandra Pope and Shawnee Hugo Wurlitzer who calls it the big red rule. If you haven't read any of her, their books, I highly recommend it. They're the founders of Red School. They've written Wild Power, Wild Genie. And the big red rule is, no matter what you experience trumps anything you've heard or you've read. Mm. So we can talk about these, you know, these generic, you know, characteristics or, you know, situations that might show up in phases of the cycle, for example, but the real magic is learning how you change and what you desire and do or feel in each phase of your cycle. Mm. Thank you for, you know, reclaiming that power in the listeners, right? Because, Many people, especially this, maybe feel super overwhelming, you know, learning about all these things or, you know, diving deeper into their body. And we grab onto everything outside of ourselves often. And when we, when we hear that, it's like, oh, okay, you can exhale, right? Release the shoulders down and allow yourself to, to know that you could trust yourself and that your body mm -hmm. is something that you can trust. And it's not something that is trying to work against you trying to work with you yeah. so I wanted I'm happy that you you said that there and you know I feel like we can we can dive in this in so many so many more ways I just wanted to ask you one other thing here with in terms of the cervix right with within the womb space there's also a lot of trauma that may be there so for people who maybe feel unsafe to dive deeper into their connection to this area for whatever trauma, it may be, be it sexual or emotional, abusive, whatever it was, physical, how would you invite them to find that safety within their body to then be able to explore deeper? Mm, that is a beautiful question. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, I really encourage people to go slow, right? There are no shoulds here. There's no right or wrong way of doing things. 
to go really slow and to um, connect with that sacred yes. And we talk about this in my service portrait party about consent. And that, you know, we, you know, even we're always hearing consent is, you know, with other partners and, you know, you, you should be getting consent first. And, but have you ever thought about the idea of consent with yourself? Do you know what your yes feels like in your body? Do you know what your no feels like in your body? Do you know what your maybe feels like? And if it is a no, or if it is a maybe, what do you need in order for it to become a yes? And so I just encourage people to tap into that with themselves and to find that yes, whether that's, again, whether that's, you know, for even just going inside, like, you know, maybe even inserting a finger is, you know, does it sound scary or is, you know, triggering for someone, that's okay, go slow, right? Start with, like I said, putting your hands on your lower, you know, your lower abdominals in your womb, right? Even just sitting with the idea and the thought of your cervix or, you know, your vagina, of your reproduction and your fertility in itself can be remarkable, right? So you go, so just going slow and finding that sacred. Yes. Mm. That's what I would say. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And going slow is, is not to be overlooked. Like that is slowness is just as important as going, you know, speeding up. And we have that we're working on that as a society, especially through the show, you know, exploring the polarities of our existence. Right. And that, a side of us that maybe is always go, go, go. But when we enter into our more sacred areas, it's okay to go slow. It's okay to give ourselves that time and, you know, to listen to that. And I think how you said, just ask yourself, what do you need? Will be a beautiful way to then be able to start developing your own personal trust and whatever that, whatever your, however the body responds, right. However, you know, it's maybe it's like, I don't know, maybe I need a, a blanket or something like try that, grab the blanket and see, or whatever it is, right. Do the thing that your body's calling you and then see how it's responding. And, you know, then reevaluate your situation. And this could be in any area of your life, right. When we're creating ideas, you know, when we're fertile with creations and projects and things, right. Asking ourselves, what do I need to make this more juicy? Because our life is here to be a juicy experience and connecting into this womb space and the cervix oh, is a way to do that. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, I'm so happy that we were able to chat today and to bring the, the powerful portal of the cervix to other womb holders in the world because it really changed. I was like beaming for, for days when after I saw it and I, I mean, I still beam because I look at it on a daily basis, but even my partner, I was like, do you want to see my cervix? And he was like, um, okay. Like he was like, sure, you know? Um, and it's, I think it's also beautiful to connect with your partner. And it was not in like a sexual way, you know, it was just in like a real, like, this is what it is, you know? Um, and then she was just kind of like, oh, wow. And that helps that connection deepen and allows men to feel that you know, that they understand what's going on in there as well as we do. <laughs> I'm, that's what a great story. Thanks for sharing. I'm so glad you shared that with your partner. That's I also awesome. have a framed uh, photo of my cervix in my home. So no one comes into my home without seeing my cervix. <laughs> <laughs> that's where, that's where my picture is headed next yeah. in a frame. So I'm excited oh, to put that up. <laughs> that's awesome. And do you feel um, alive to share anything else around the cervix here? 
Oh, what a great question. Sometimes I think that even just the awareness that you have a cervix is really cool because how many of us don't go, you know, exploring there or whether it's, you know, with a speculum or a finger. And so I just want to, you know, show up and tell everybody that, you know, you have a cervix and you're super powerful and yeah, run with it. You know, start with that hand mirror, start by just like we do in the cervix portrait parties, right? You know, we start with the vulva. So start vulva mapping, start getting in touch with what's between your legs, you know, play, be curious. And um, the last thing I want to say, which I always say in all my cervix portrait parties is your cervix is perfect and beautiful just the way she is in this moment. Mm -hmm. So when we do cervix portrait parties, we're not diagnosing people. We're not looking for abnormalities. You know, we're here to just simply adore the mm. cervix. And I want everyone to adore their own cervixes too. Mm. Me too. That's why I, that's why I brought you on here. Cause I wanted everyone to have that experience that I had um, because it's okay to have pleasure in our body and it's okay to love our body. Um, so, and especially our vagina space, it's important to love that area. So the more we can empower other um, womb holders to fall in love with that area, I say the better. Yay. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here with us. So Chloe, how can people connect with you if they want to work with you and dive deeper into all things cervix and fertility? Mm, yes. I host the cervix portrait parties online now um, every other month or so. So I'm a big player on Instagram. That's my playground. So you can always get in touch with me on Instagram. It's just my name. So Chloe Skerlak, C-H-L-O-E. S-K-E-R-L-A-K. And I also teach fertility awareness education, both in private classes and group classes. And I offer a free 30 minute complimentary consultation. So if you'd like to have a discovery call with me or just tell me about your personal situation or ask if you know the Justice Method of Fertility Awareness Management is right for you, I'm happy to chat. So you can book that through my website at www.chloeskerlach.com. Beautiful. Thank you. And I'll make sure all the links are in the show description so that people can connect with you with ease. And we finish every sacred dance conscious conversation with asking if you can give someone one tip to find greater balance in their life, what would that be? Connect with your cervix or you're with your cycle. Mm -hmm. Connect with the different changes of your cycle to find that balance. Absolutely. Mm, yes. So important. Thank you so, so much for being here. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Sacred Dance. If you enjoyed the medicine shared here, check us back out next Thursday as there are new episodes released every week. You can find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, and YouTube. Be sure to rate and review the podcast as you check us out so that we can grow and spread this community of balance, sovereignty, and everyone finding their own nuggets of truth in it all. Thank you and see you next week. Mm -hmm.